From the founders of Mod Racing and the Northwest Rally Association, this is the Motorsports and Driver Development Show. My name is Katie Lopkovich, and together with Keto Brodmeyer, who is my partner in life and business, we've built the fastest growing rally program in the U.S. Through our work, we get to meet incredible people, and this show is all about bringing those people to you. Whether you are curious about what it takes to start racing, or you want to get advice from the best on how to improve, each episode will have something for you. Today we are talking to Steve Arpin, who, in case you live under a rock and don't already know, he's a professional rallycross driver for Low and Bro Motorsports. Steve is just all around a great guy, and it's so clear that he loves his work. We get into the business side of racing, some lessons he's learned over the years, and his general philosophies on racing and really on life. And just a note, we record these interviews on Zoom, so there's always a video version of the show that you can catch on YouTube or on IGTV. In this episode specifically, there's a few times where Steve holds up something to the screen and we talk about it. So like a picture of him and his teammate jumping their rallycross cars. And so they're like in midair. Uh, he holds up a tuner and we talk about that and some lapel pins and decals and things like that. So if you feel like you're missing out as he's talking, you can always check out our YouTube channel, uh, the Motorsports and Driver Development Show, and see what he's talking about there. But you definitely get the gist in the conversation. Just figured I'd shed some light on that for you guys. Thank you for tuning in today and always. You can follow along with our race series on Instagram or Facebook at Mod Racing, or you can find us online at modracing.com. Now let's get to it. Welcome to the Motorsports and Driver Development Show. I'm Katie. And I'm Keto. And today we are joined with Steve Arpin, who I'm not even going to do your intro. I would like it if you would kick us off and tell everybody who you are, where you're from, and what you do. So I am this normal little small town kid that had a huge dream of going racing my whole life and fortunately ended up in the seat of a wild Ford Fiesta Rallycross car that I'm fortunate enough to drive for Lone Bro Motorsports. Uh, have an awesome team over here. Awesome sport. Awesome to be a part of this sport in the, in the United States. And yeah, so I'm the team manager for Lone Bro Motorsports. Uh, driver, one of the drivers for Lone Bro Motorsports. Uh, been one of two drivers. Hopefully, we'll be one of three drivers here any moment. Nice. Um, so you just you just breeze right through that. So you were like a kid, <laughs> and then you landed yourself in the driver's seat. Is that how that works? Should we expect that for our own trajectory? <laughs> so I was a kid that just had this. My dad was always a local racer at home, and he he was awesome. I still one of my favorite drivers to ever watch racing was my dad because he was just crazy. And I got into go kart racing. I think I was about ten years old, and I'll never forget the first time I raced. We had the go kart in the back of the truck on the way home. It was Riverside Speedway, about forty five minutes away in Rainy River, and I just sat there between my parents and backseat, like looking forward. Instead of saying, are we there yet? Are we there yet? I just kept on telling them, it's like, this is all I ever want to do. I want to race for the rest of my life. Oh my so my dad's kind of always taught me to apply the business end of things to things on, on everything I do to make it sustainable. And we we're fortunate enough to do that one from go-karts and snowmobile racing uh, in the winter times, go-kart and dirt cars in the summertime. And yeah, things just evolved from there. Went and had a pretty awesome little chassis business, building our own dirt cars for a lot of years. Had the opportunity to go asphalt racing in, in ARCA and NASCAR. Uh, did that for a few years and then got a call one day saying, hey, you want to go to Brazil and race in the X Games in a rallycross car? And I said, sure. And here we are. <laughs> That's wow. so awesome. Wow. So you said uh, apply the business end to uh, racing. Um, 
what does that mean for a 10 year old and what does that mean for us adults <laughs> honestly the motorsports is such a different animal than than any other form of professional sports um when it comes to when it comes to a race team versus being a hockey player a football player it's like everyone is so talented in those fields i'm not taking anything away from that but on the motorsports side of it all of the the funding all of the the financial end of it is coming through selling essentially the driver and and their notoriety and all that kind of stuff but in that sales of that one person you have to cover the overhead of a race shop of an engineering team of a three hundred thousand dollar truck and trailer going down the road of a outrageously overpriced rallycross car that we that we're racing and i tend to run into things and cause a lot of damage and have to fix it and, and all that kind of stuff. So really having a good grasp on the, the business side of things, how to generate revenue, how to take care of sponsors. Everything in motorsports nowadays is, is about sponsorship and about being able to pay for these things. Technology has evolved so much. It doesn't matter how much revenue you, you, you earn, you can find something to spend it on just for that next best, coolest, lightest weight, whatever it might be part. So, so just really understanding how to take care of your sponsors, how to generate value for your sponsors, the days of just putting their, their sticker on your car and saying, well, there was 17,442 people that saw your brand. It's like, that doesn't matter anymore with, with how everything's online, how social media influencers are, are able to, to, to reach so many people. We now in this form of motorsport, we, we have to generate sales. We have to figure out a way to not just show that we showed this many people your logo, but we actually drove actual sales that can be gen like legitimately attributed to your race program. Yes, we talk about that all the time with our competitors. It's so easy to just ask for, hey, give me a sticker and some free parts and right? I'll represent you. It's like, yeah, that's nice, but that's <laughs> like a tiny sliver of the puzzle. Exactly. Um, you obviously are very involved in this process. I'm curious to know how much of your job is racing and how much is other things? <laughs> to be honest with you, so Paul Leach, who's one of the brothers that own the team, one of the two of the Lone Bro guys, we were on a call yesterday and he was telling me I have to get out to Montana to race his dirt car because I don't drive enough to be competitive against all these guys that I'm racing against that race all the time. So right now I would say probably about 99% of my time is on the business end of things. Um, and less than 1% of my time is, is actually in the driver's seat. So last year when we started out the year, uh, I, I had an off season from, from the last race of the year before up until about two weeks, I did not drive anything until two weeks before the season started and we just had two days of testing so so that's that's what makes it tough so but in that whole time it's all the preparation everything that everything that you have to do in the off season is so important that you have it right so like the the more prepared you are leading up to the first race the the more seamless the, the whole season goes you know what i mean mm -hmm. so that's one of the biggest things it's like lots of people think like oh you guys have such a long off season it must be nice it's like that is the most stressful my wife hates the off season yeah. <laughs> she hates it. I'm tossing and turning every night i don't sleep at night just last night she actually threatened me. it was like a domestic we need to be careful she actually threatened me in my sleep that if i keep on moving she's gonna punch me <laughs> 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 no way. She's just 
<laughs> this this can be your evidence. You can take that to the police. Right? <laughs> Jeez. Um, so yeah, let me let me ask you. Out of that ninety nine percent as business, uh, what percentage of that is um, you know getting sponsors or maintaining uh, sponsor relationships? Well, to be totally honest with you, one of the reasons why we ended up with our own team uh, with the Lone Bro guys is they were they were involved with me uh, getting to see the background of everything, how everything works within the industry, and all the way through the dirt days, the NASCAR days, and, and obviously now that we started our own team on the Rallycross. And one of the biggest reasons we have our own team is simply because we wanted to really make sure to to take care of our partners, the partners that we actually have. Uh, to the best of our abilities and not just take advantage of them once we get them in the door and then focus it's like all right we got them now let's focus on the next so uh, that being said um, virtually everything we do on, on that side of things is is you're obviously always trying to make new relationships and everything but the biggest thing we try and do is just to satisfy our current partners um, look at what we've promised them then figure out how to blow that out of the water and give them so much more than we actually promised and and that's that that's virtually everything we do and every every decision that we make for the team is at least some way or another influenced uh, with with that in mind mm. so yeah we're always telling people under promise over deliver with your sponsors but now let me uh kind of roll that into something else um how important is like your performance um out on the track in relationship to your sponsors versus like how well you promote them, say on social media or, you know, I mean, to them, what's that return on investment? Is it more about like, you know, your influencer brand or is it more about what you do on track and winning? Um, yeah, how's that mix? That's honestly a moving target. Um, it's first first and foremost, winning never hurts a thing, right? They're not, you're not gonna be, it's like, why'd you win? Steve. Right. <laughs> it's not going to be a, a detriment to you by any means. But the other side of that is you really have to look at each, each, individual, each individual partner's goals. Like what are they trying to accomplish? Uh, some is the branding aspect of it. Some is just developing their brand and getting their name on TV and, and using those discount codes and everything you have to actually drive sales. And the more you're on TV, the more people you reach. Uh, for other partners, it's all about the experience. And taking some of their valued customers or potential customers that they're trying to close and bring them to the racetrack with us and giving them a, like just an absolutely one of a kind up close and personable and personal VIP experience, right? Whether it be sitting in my car to giving them a ride along around the racetrack, launching over the gap jumps or an hour before we start practice and stuff like that. Right. So like there's, that's one of the things that's so unique about our sport. But that being said, like when, when, when you look at it all and when you're sitting there evaluating the program, it has to be a balance of all of those things. It has to be a balance of performance, a balance of, of how many people you connect with on social media, um, a balance of engagement, all that kind of stuff, a balance of what you do for them at the racetrack, off the track, as well as on the track, what kind of experiences you're providing. And it's like, so that all those things complete the pie it just for for each individual partner those those individual slices may be proportioned differently yeah so let's talk a little bit about race weekend you are more than just a driver that shows up you manage the team you do have all these partners what does let's actually start with the prep what does the prep for a race weekend look like chaos 
<laughs> uh, no, it's, uh, so one of the things that we've done here with our program is we have got the best group of people uh, put together with our race team. And like, like we, I, I mentioned a little bit earlier about talking about doing it right and taking care of our partners. And the other side of that was getting the right people and treating those people right. And we have put together the best group of guys. And some people take offense to it. Like when we were up at uh, Mid-Ohio last year, we were sitting there and I was on the podium with uh, with the, it was actually two of our guys, um, both myself and Travis Picoy on the podium with one of the Subarus. And it's like, we're sitting there and we've got our little group that was kind of over there. And it was all of both of our teams, my teammate, Travis Picoy and I, there's like eight guys, right? And then we look over to the one Subaru that was on the podium, and he has just this swarm of blue shirts, like everywhere. And I'm like, and I wasn't dissing them by any means, but it's like, look at what we're able to accomplish with a tiny fraction of the people. And that's just, and that's just a testament to how great a group of people we have. So that being said, a race weekend for us is everyone knows what their responsibilities are and their teammates' responsibilities, all of our guys. We, nobody puts the other guy down. Everyone picks each other up. And if one guy's slacking, the other guys will pick up for him. And we all know it's going to come full circle. So things typically run pretty smoothly from that aspect. Uh, from my standpoint, I'm, I think having relatively severe cases of ADD is a little bit of a prerequisite for being a race car driver. And I've got, so Carl Goodman's our, our team, our team engineer, and, and so much more than that. He's, he, he, he's really the team manager from, from that. I do the business side of things. He does all the technical competition side of things. And he's just got this kind of way about him that when it comes to race weekends, he'll just kind of walk up to me and give me one of his looks. And it's like, it's like when I was a kid and I was going to get in trouble and I just looked at me and I knew it's like, all right, time to come in and eat dinner type thing, right? So when it comes time to get ready to go out on the track or get ready to have to focus and shut off the sponsorship hospitality side of things and just go, it's like, all right, where are we at? What do I need to improve from last time and just get back into race mode? Yeah. He, he's got that way that, that he can just kind of pull me aside and know when we got to focus on that. So it's a, it's uh, again it's one of those things where it's a it's a it's a full full like it's a full pie and those different different pieces of the pie just get divided up given the circumstances we're facing every weekend yeah yeah since we're talking about racing why don't you give us an update on nitro circus what's happening there i may i may or may not have heard a little interview um with travis with some details (laughs) <laughs> 100 trillion billion dollar question right now right? <laughs> what's happening with the helicopter the united states well, honestly i was thrilled to see travis um uh, put that interview out so we've been ex- covid19 has definitely not helped the situation here much right no. we've got our shop open back up again we're back to work here um everything was just coming together perfectly and then what do you have when a global pandemic hits so everything kind of got sidelined a little bit, but obviously Travis has, has kind of put the teasers out there. Uh, they've done an absolutely incredible job the last two years, putting together kind of like a proof of concept and, and just, just putting together what Travis's vision for what Rallycross can be in the United States and running two standalone events the last couple of years. 
And that being said, when the opportunity kind of came up, when IMG was, was stepping away from, from operating ARX here in the United States, Travis, being Travis, looked at that as, a, as an opportunity to, to take Rallycross and, and ultimately turn it into to what it has the potential to be. Um, it's been a rough road, to say the least. There's no point in sugarcoating it, right? It's been a rough road since, uh, since GRC went away. Uh, I believe we had an amazing thing with GRC and things were going the right direction very quickly and just a shame that that, that went away. And then we had, a, we had a rough couple of years with ARX and so Travis and, and his whole group over there at Nitro, there's been so much going on and I wish we could share everything with all the Rallycross fans and rally fans out there. But like on a, on a daily basis, on a weekly basis, it's like everything is moving forward. All the plans are coming together. And one of the reasons why it's taking longer than expected um, is because since Travis and his crew have got involved, there's been so many new opportunities presenting themselves for getting Rallycross back up. It's like it was here, then it went to here, then kind of fell down to here. Well, we have the opportunity right now to bring it way back up to here. And with all these, all these people getting involved and then COVID-19 hitting, it never changed anyone's plans. It ultimately just hit the pause button for a couple months as we get through this. But uh, on the back end of this thing, there's going to be, if everything comes together, which it looks like it's really going to, everyone is all in, everyone is committed. We could be back to where things were when Red Bull Global Rallycross was exploding and doing that in a, in a newer, bigger, better way with permanent racetracks around the country. We're launching over gap jumps everywhere we go, big, extreme, um, just taking everything, all the best pieces of everything that we've loved about rally throughout the years and then putting that Pastrana twist on it, which just makes it insane and going from there. So yeah, all that in a nutshell is Nitro Circus is like in the womb right now, being formed <laughs> and molded and built, and uh, hopefully it's going to come out and be announced as a, as a whole really quick. Yeah, it's awesome that you guys have been involved with it for the whole run, because I'm kind of projecting, but I assume that means you get to learn a little bit from the other series, what they did super well, what you could have done better, and apply those things. So even though it maybe has gone down a little bit and back up, it's kind of all over the place, you guys, I would hope and assume that you're going to reap the benefits of that and really take the good pieces. And if we don't, we ought to be shocked. <laughs> like, yeah, that's in everything that you go through and every challenge that you go through, there's always opportunity, right? And it may not be what works, but, but learning what doesn't work sometimes is even more valuable. Um, and, and that's always a bigger, if you look at your, at your like stacks and your list, it's like this worked and this didn't, what didn't work is always way bigger than what worked. Right. Yeah. So understanding that side of stuff and, and going through that, understanding what markets work, what markets don't work, where where true rally fans are and rally cross fans are around the country and kind of fill in those pockets is is important. And we've definitely learned that over the years. And all of those things and all of our discussions with, with the series, with the Nitro group, with, with everyone that's looking to be involved, manufacturers re-looking at the space and everything, it's just exciting. Absolutely. Could not agree more. We're really happy to hear that you guys are still pushing it forward. Talk to us a little bit about, so I'll connect the dots before I ask the question. Um, our competitors, they generally race in our style of rallycross, which is 
there's there's the rallycross that's an open grass field and then there's the kind of rallycross you guys do wheel to wheel we have sort of an in-between we work in like some little jumps we have some cool like terrain all that sort of stuff but you're out there by yourself we have competitors who go from that into rally sprints into stage rally and the transition between all of them can be a little bit challenging you learn car control in one or you set your car up for another and you're navigating back and forth between these different sports i would love to hear your experience sort of maybe some good lessons learned or some things you did poorly as you move through the different kinds of racing that you've done well if we're going to talk about all the things i did poorly we're going to have to extend this interview <laughs> in a while uh no that's a honestly it's a great question and it, it's I will say I've, I've, I've been fortunate enough to race a lot of different disciplines, uh, whether it be in the snowmobiles in the wintertime, go-karts, oh God, everything, right? USAC silver crown cars, mini sprints, modifieds, late models, ARCA cars, trucks, Xfinity cars, lots of cup series testing, so on and so forth. And I've been fortunate to run a lot of different things, but switching to an all-wheel drive rally cross car was a completely different animal. So one of the things that I say you learn across everything is racecraft and learning how to race, learning how to drive in traffic, learning how to, to, to evaluate your competitors' weaknesses and, and know where your strengths are to, to, to kind of pounce on those areas while you're in a, on the racetrack. That's, that's something that you just have to learn each and every time you're on the track or whatever it might be, whether you're on your, on your own or, or in a competitive setting. Um, the other side of that is just car control as a whole. And the biggest thing that I found that's helped me kind of switch from discipline to discipline is, and this may be different for other people, but for me, I have to understand why, right? Like, and I can't just like memorize something and try and remember it and just that's that because of that. It's like, I have to know exactly why something's happening, right? Like if, if, if my car's reacting a certain way, if there's a suspension change that we did, an adjustment that we made, if it did this, I need to know exactly why it did that so that down the road, if it happens in a little bit of a different setting or a little different, <clears throat> whatever it might be, I, I, I can run through the what's going on and, and just apply that to my feedback to the crew chief and engineers to give them a, a, a fighting chance and providing me the car that I need to go out there and win. So I would say the biggest thing from jumping between everything is, is really just focusing on learning and understanding, just understanding the car, every aspect of the car, how the suspension works, how the adjustments uh, affect the car, uh, how when the track changes, it affects the car, so on and so forth. So you understand why things happen. And that just, if you have a genuine understanding of why, it'll help you, uh, help you adjust that much faster. Mm. So you talked about all these different types of racing and I know in <clears throat> that style rally cross, you get a lot of um, X stage guys, you know, think mm -hmm. like Patrick Sandell or David Higgins or somebody like that. Um, <clears throat> when, when are we going to see you? He is great. Oh, wait, say that again. I love David Higgins. That man is just, he is just a great man. Yeah. <laughs> when are you going to see me in stage? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. like grow enough guts to be able to go out there and hit a tree, right? Wait, <laughs> so, so you'll jump a big jump with a <laughs> concrete wall on one side, but a tree is daunting? Right, I'm, I'm just kidding. I'm not really kidding, actually. But I would, honestly, I would absolutely love to. It, it would be something that I would love the opportunity. I, I got a talk, so we, obviously we do a lot with Ken Block. He's, he's one of my teammates here at Lumber right. Motorsports. 
and I got to go out there and get a ride with him in the Kazi when they're doing some of these tests, just understand it. My biggest thing, I've never done it, never, never been to a stage rally, never got to experience any aspect of that. So it would be, it would be super cool. It'd be a thrill to come and try it and, and yeah, just kind of creep up on it. I love that. Yeah. We should get you out there. (laughs) (laughs) But I will say I would much rather hit a concrete wall than I would hit in a tree. Huh. I think I'd rather hit a tree. Really? <laughs> yeah, I think so. I always say you stage rally guys are nuts. Yeah. <laughs> well, the tree is more likely to move. <laughs> I've moved some concrete walls before. Yeah. <laughs> is we that have... a challenge? <laughs> We've had a couple moved at our events. We're like, wow, didn't know that was going to move when that guy hit. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> That's so funny. It's funny uh, because. I sit here and I think this is normal to mm-hmm. me, right? And it's like, this is right. my background on my phone. Right. And That's I think cool. that, and we had two guys, we have two UFC fighters in there with us who were screaming like little girls. It was great. It's the only As time passengers? Could, yeah. It's the only time in my life I could say I made a UFC guy scream. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> let's, let's, um, let's, let's talk a little bit um, back uh, to sponsor stuff. So um, there's this new group of sponsors you're coming on um with the lifting of prohibition of marijuana and uh, all the um all the products that come out of that like cbd and hemp and so on and i know that you're sponsored by a cbd company um well, can, can you talk a little bit about that have you got any yeah there you go have you got any like my elbow is killing me in this cbd freeze the cbd freeze is remarkable stuff I was actually putting some on right before we started this. Uh, no, but it's a it's a great product. It's uh-huh. a, it's a great industry. I think it gets I think it gets associated. The CBD industry gets associated with marijuana. I think a little right. bit too much. It's um it's you get all the medical benefits that mm-hmm. come marijuana uh, from the CBD aspect of it mm-hmm. without the without the high without the hallucinogenic side of it. So mm-hmm. um it, it is legal within the industry to have 0.3 percent THC. But what you will find, which will flag up if you're getting drug tested or anything with work, but what you will find is if you go, there's a lot of, are a few, I should say, of the higher end CBD brands that go that extra mile on the processing side and on the front end, like CBDMD, for example, has absolutely zero THC, THC free. So I take it, we get drug tested with Rallycross, uh, athletes take it all the time. Uh, for me, it's... Like I said, it's a prerequisite to have like a severe case of ADD um, and all that kind of stuff. I've been rough on my body throughout the years, yeah. and, it, and it's been game changing for me. And whether they're my sponsor or not, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be using CBD products going forward for sure. And then on the other side of it, it's like we got so much stuff going on, and this has been the fun side of it. Like SCP, for example, with their tuners and everything, we are. We have some downtime right now, right? We're sitting around. We don't have much to do. And we, I've got my Explorer. We've got the team trucks and everything. I think we're going to start taking stuff out to the drag strip and putting putting special tunes and everything in it just to have some fun. So, and check out our social media pages stuff because we're going to be doing all sorts of fun giveaways and all that. And while while we're kind of stuck at home, there, there's no better time than just to be playing with your vehicle out back, putting some custom tunes in it, maximizing. The best part about SET stuff is, is you just take – you're taking essentially what the manufacturer has built and you're fine tuning that. So it's like an F-150, for example, mm-hmm. it's built to 
kind of be off-roading a little bit, like mm-hmm. a, <clears throat> out getting to a job site or something, or loading it full of hay bales or whatever you're going to haul out to the farm, or just running to the grocery store. So the mapping that you have in uh, a factory vehicle is made to cover such a wide range of applications. Mm-hmm. And what the SCT products do is they allow you to really kind of lock in and hone in on capitalizing exactly what you want to do and, and just getting the most out of your application rather than a little bit of everything. So mm-hmm. we've been having a lot of fun with that and we're going to be giving away a lot of their products and everything. Actually. <laughs> Here's one of their new ones right now. That we're going oh, to wait. Right away. Look at that. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, I run, I actually run the SCT live wire on my uh, Super Duty. Um, yeah. And what's great about it too is like, you know, if you go to bigger wheels and tires or something like that, you can just go in and recalibrate oh, yeah. your speedometer. You know, uh, I have a tow map that does a little better for towing and then an economy that's map. And so, yeah, I mean, I use that product as, as well. <laughs> so. Well, that's one of the biggest things. Like people, typically the first thing a guy does when he gets his truck, if you're going to do anything to it, is tires and wheels, right? Mm-hmm. And the first thing you have to do after that is recalibrate everything. So, and that's that's a perfect use for an SCT product right there. That's so funny. I was like, that looks familiar. I think that's in your truck. (laughs) Um, So let's talk a little bit about that. So we are all at home. We can't go out and read. Well, we're about to start racing again, but for a while we haven't been able to. Um, Did you have to sit down with your sponsors and say, like, let's kind of shift gears a little bit about what we're going to do in these next couple months while everybody's at home? Or like, how did you address that? It's definitely a challenge. Um, It's I'm not gonna lie, it's the most challenging, challenging time we, we've ever had in, in my career motorsports. Yeah. Uh, but that being said, it's, it's one of those things, we are all in this together. Uh, we're, doing, we're doing what we, what we have to do. Mm-hmm. And the best part about all of our partners is it, it is like family. And we're working through it together. Um, we're gonna have to take some breaks with some partners and allow business to kind of regroup and everything and allow things to come back. And for other partners, it's, it's, it's a perfect time to, to capitalize on the opportunity to come back. We're going to come back bigger and stronger than we ever were before. So it's, uh, it's definitely been a challenge, but um, everyone has their own set of challenges that are derived from it. So once again, we just have to look at every, situ- every situation individually and capitalize on that. Yeah. Yeah, it definitely has been an interesting time to um, be creative and to tap into things you don't usually tap into, which... I think we've all kind of had to do. Um, I feel like we're bouncing around a little, but that's totally fine. The you mentioned earlier that you don't ADD is <laughs> I know. the challenge is, is like between the three of us, a conversation may not be super linear. Um, so you talked a little bit about how you can go an entire off season without being in the car and you know, and then two weeks out or a couple days out, you're practicing, you're testing, whatever. What do you do to try and stay fresh on your skills when you can't go race? To be honest with you, it's something that I have to get better at because it's something that I that I it's been one of my weaknesses. Um, I'm current, obviously i racing has really taken off recently, and I don't have a rig. I used to have a rig. I've always sucked at video games. Oh, yeah. I've been so bad at video games. Same. And online just isn't the same as being real when you can't feel it and everything. So, but I'm looking at a rig to get back into that right now. Uh, probably got to look at that. Um, and like I said earlier, I'm gonna. I'm going to work at just kind of going back to my roots and getting back into into the dirt modifieds and doing more dirt racing around mm. the country as much as I can. Just to, the, the biggest thing is it doesn't matter what you're in. I don't have to be in a rally car, a rally cross car. Mm. I just have to be in something and just keeping your, keeping your instincts fresh, keeping your reaction time fresh, keeping all that fresh. 
And the biggest thing is just having fun. Like this sport, I, I'm a firm believer that your performance is directly related to how much fun you're having. And if you're miserable and not enjoying it and everything, you're not going to be putting your all into it. And when you're racing against guys at the at the level we're racing at, if you if you don't have your all into it and you're not all on all the time, like it's it's tough. These guys are good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I've been to some of these uh, rally cross races, GRC, ARX things, and it seems like you know you look in the pits and <clears throat> it's a little bit of controlled chaos right before a heat gets started. Do you have anything you do to sort of find your center before you hop in the car, take a minute, listen to some music? And, you know, you see different different guys doing different things. I've even seen racers who fall asleep for five minutes um, <laughs> just to love, calm down. So. I just love the fact that you get the impression that you're sitting there watching that and you think it's controlled. So. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to be nice. <laughs> <laughs> it isn't. It's just pure chaos. Oh, I'm just kidding. But honestly, it's it, – it, Again, that all depends because there, there's lots of times where I am, I'm right in the middle of sponsor stuff, giving a tour of a rig, talking to guests, whatever it might be, and sprinting to the car. Um, and there's other times where when Carl, we share a desk, he's right back over here. Oh, is that the chair that's been moving? That's the chair that's moving. <laughs> so there's other times that with him, he, he knows when I'm a little bit spun out and just kind of like bouncing around a little bit too much that he has to pull me aside and just kind of send me to pre-grid or something. So I get away from everything and, and chill out at, at those times. There's, there's, there's times where I just sit in the car and don't talk to anyone or just kind of mix and mingle and just be goofy and silly with all the guys that we're racing with and all the crew guys that are up in staging. So it's, it varies for me. There's no, no, it's not like before every race I put on a certain certain song and mm-hmm. sit there and start jamming out and headbanging by myself off to the side or anything like that or jumping around hitting myself in the head and stuff like that. So <laughs> it's kind of funny because you see you gotta watch Patrick Sandell before a race. Oh. He is jumping around. I swear to God, he bruises himself. He hits himself so hard, and he is just getting himself wound right up. It is. Awesome. I'm going to start selling tickets to be able to watch this before. <laughs> we should have him on the show. Be like, so tell us about your, your us. pre-race routine. Oh. Yeah, show us. Give, give him a, a, he, he brings a cooler to pre-grid with his helmet in it full of ice. And then he takes the dripping wet helmet out of the cooler and puts it on. It's like, it gives me like a brain freeze just watching it. A wet helmet? Wow. Yeah. Selfie wet. Interesting. Wow. It is. It is remarkable. Huh. Huh. So, have you done any uh, tracking of the days where you're <laughs> sitting in the car quietly before you race versus being pulled away from a sponsor thing and you're sprinting to the to the race? Like, do you perform better under one circumstance or another? Um, I personally think I perform better under pressure. Yeah. Uh, definitely think that. Um, I think I perform best when I have the least amount of time to sit there and think about everything. Yeah. So I I think that's, that's part of it for me is Mm -hmm. just kind of really kind of my, my happy place is just kind of interacting with people, enjoying it. And genuinely, I just feel so fortunate to be doing what I'm doing Mm -hmm. and I feel so fortunate and I feel like it's my responsibility to as much as I can share my experiences and share the opportunities that I've had with other people that aren't so lucky that just want to be there and hear about it and feel like they're a small part of it. You know what I mean? So as much as I can have the opportunity to be, to be offering that to people, that's just 
it's honestly just what makes my day. And then you hear back, you get messages from kids or something the, <clears throat> the next week or parents saying, my kid's still talking about this and so on and so forth. So it's, uh, it's pretty cool. Well, I, I told you before we started recording, we, you came and met a group of our drivers at GRC, was that three, four years ago? Mm -hmm. I don't even know how long ago that was. And they still talk about it. They're like, oh, it's so cool. He came and hung out with us for like 30 minutes, which side note, I'm now thinking somebody had to probably come grab you and get you back in the car because you were BSing hey, with us. I was missing the driver's meeting, actually. I remember that. <laughs> That's awesome. I love it. Oh, my God. Once again, Carl. <laughs> but you made an impact on a lot of people and we still hear like oh somebody comes out for their first race we try and meet them personally and talk to them about how they got there and they say like oh yeah i came out and i saw you guys at grc and you know steve was there and whatever you know it's it makes an impact on people yeah, yeah it did it made, made a huge impact yeah so we could probably talk to you forever let's kind of wind it down i would love to hear if and maybe it was your dad when you were 10, um, some great advice that you got along the way that's really like stuck with you in your career. Ooh, do the right thing. Mm -hmm. Honestly, just, and I think it's more life than, than more so just racing. Yeah. But the, the first thing with motorsports is you just gotta be having fun. We kind of touched on that, mm -hmm. but do the right thing and just treat people right. And that's been, I, I genuinely believe that is why I'm still racing today is just treating people right there's there's opportunity to better yourself and at the expense of someone else um obviously that's business that's competition to some extent but doing it the wrong way is is just not cool so yeah for me just doing the right thing and my dad's always instilled that in me and and then since we've partnered up with paul and john leach that's that's how they run their entire lone bro business it's it's actually one of their one of their mottos in their in their company in their company um, statements. I love it. Yeah. That's, you know, I would agree. Yeah, and I'll add on to the thing that yeah. kind of we run, not we, but just happens is do the right thing even when it's the hard thing. Oh, exactly. Yeah. And the right thing is often the hard thing. That's, yeah. that's the worst part. I so. feel like that's a like a grown up lesson I just keep learning over and over again. Yeah. But. I it never fails, right? Like, always, it may not fit your plans immediate, but like when, when things come full circle, it might be a week, it might be six months, it might be five years, but doing the right thing always pays off in the end. I agree. I agree. But we'll end on that because that's the best. Thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us yes, today. Thank you very Where much. Where can people find you online? Honestly, for me, it's a, we had a website for a while, but now we just stick with everything on social media. So Steve Arpin Racing on Facebook or Arpin00 on Instagram. And we like to have some fun. So just come hang out. Okay. And this, you said that uh, you guys are going to have a giveaway. That's all going to be through social media. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We're going to be doing that all summer long. So just keep up with our social media. We've got, we've got the pins. We've been doing pins. They, they've turned out to be a hit. I, I don't even know if we've released the new the new hauler pins yet. I think I got one laying around here somewhere. I did. No, so I don't. Oh yeah. Check out these little guys. Oh cool. Oh, so oh how, how does one get one of those? You have to enter to win. So the, enter that'll all be on our social media. Keep track of all that. Here's oh. the SGT car coming nice. in. Oh, I love that. <laughs> and stuff like that. So yeah, we got all sorts of cool stuff there. SCT products, CBD products, everything that we've got going on. We just love to love to share with our fans. Uh, we've got some cool decal sheets that we just had made with all of our different paint schemes on it. 
uh, mine, Picoys, Michael Leach's, our little lights driver. Uh, we've got Ken Blocks on there, cutouts of the truck and trailer, everything. So we got all sorts of fun stuff. We're going to be trying to keep, in, keep engaged with everyone all year long. Yes. There you go. So good. Well, thank you for your time today. Thank you for always being such a great steward to the sport. It's always wonderful to have you. Thanks for wanting to talk to some little guy like me. It was fun. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed this conversation and learned a thing or two from Steve. If you did, we would love to know. And the best way to tell us is by sharing the episode. Take a screenshot and post it on Instagram and tag us at Mod Racing. Mod is spelled M-O-D-D because it's an acronym for motorsports and driver development. Be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. And if you want to support the show, please take a minute to leave a rating and review. Thank you for joining us and we will catch you guys next time.